Hi, this is John Mitchell from Lonely Robot Kino Arena. It bides far too many bands, and you are listening to The Progcast. Welcome back to another episode of the broadcast. This is episode 65 already, and today we have the honor uh, of a really cool guest from the UK. As you already heard, it's John Mitchell from Lonely Robot and many other bands. Hi, John. How are you doing? I'm very well. Thank you. Thank you for asking. How are you, Daria? I'm good. Thank you. Um, yeah, I'm excited to have you on the show as I, I've been following you, your musical work for quite some time. And um, yeah, th there's actually one burning question I always wanted to ask you. Um, as you are prolific in, in many different um, uh, areas of uh, music, uh, do you see yourself mainly as a guitarist, as a singer, or as a composer, or all of that <laughs> together? Uh, well, I'd say composer. You know, I'm I'm not particularly uh, exceptional on anything except composing. Really, I don't. Um, I try. You know, I've I've tried to learn to sing fairly well. Over, you know, to a reasonable standard over the years. Um, and you know, guitar playing, I'm never going to be like a virtuoso player, like, uh, or a technician from the, you know, I just, you know, all these things, uh, I, I, I simply see them as, as, as ways of getting the point across musically. So I would go along with the lines of composer. Um, uh, uh, what do I, what, yeah. So Tesco value, uh, Peter Gabriel stroke, um, uh, uh, little, uh, Dave Gilmore composer. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, that actually brings us to our usual opening question for our interviews that is uh, called uh, what's in your Walkman because as a composer I guess you also take some influences or you also uh, are a fan of some other bands and other music that w which you are listening to um, so we always like to, to hear what our guests have been listening to lately anything else uh, anything that kind of stood out in the last uh, days or weeks yeah i mean i i um well i spend a lot of time in a studio so normally when i'm not in a studio I, i tend to just i like silence but when it's you know if i'm going on a car journey or if i'm going for a long walk um does it have to be prog no, be no no not at all it can be anything it can be old can be new can be obscure can be really well known <laughs> okay well i'm kind of a big fan of um i'm I'll, I'll name two bands that I'm quite enjoying at the moment. Uh, one band is called Car Park North, and they're from Denmark. Um, and they're kind of, uh, what are they? They're kind of like, um, if, you know, I suppose they're like a, a, like a version of, they kind of sound, the guy singing sounds a little bit like Morton from Aha, and they kind of got this sort of post-rock thing going on. But they also have a sort of electronic elements, and I really, really like them. And um, the album... Uh, Uh, I think it's called by the car park. It's got the song Berlin on it. I'm, I'm terrible with names, but the opening song of the album is called Berlin. And I really like that album. That's really good. And I've been listening to a, a lot of a, a band called The Midnight, who are like a synthwave band. So I've been listening to a lot of them. They've got an album called Endless Summer, which I absolutely adore. Um, I've seen them twice live now, obviously not recently. But uh, <laughs> yeah, um, I think those are the two main things I've been listening to recently. Um, 
yeah, I, I kind of, uh, you know, when it comes to prog, all, you know, I, I, you know, I hate to say, it, I'm, I'm, I'm a bit behind the times. All, all the sort of prog stuff I like was was made, you know, uh, decades and decades ago. I'm, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm a little out of touch with what's going on on Planet Prog, but I'm sure you're going to bring me up to speed this week, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, the uh, this morning actually, I woke up with a song in my head from a very talented young band from Norway. They're called Umpfel. And they uh, released their second album, As the Water Covers the Sea, uh, last year. And the song that I was spinning in my head uh, all all morning today was uh, Transcend. And it's a brilliant Set. album, Tran Transcend. By Umpful. Umpful, yes. Okay, I'll, let me make a note of that and I'll, uh, yeah, hang on, I'll look them up. Umpful, right. Yeah. Got you. Right. The, 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 Noted. Uh, <laughs> the the other uh, my other entry for the what's in your Walkman section this week would be um, a reminder of uh, one of the best uh, debut albums of the last ten years uh, of the last decade, uh, and that's uh, was Earthside's A Dream in Static um, from the United States, and actually a young talented. Aussie lad called Liam Bradford, a 13-year-old drummer, reminded me of that debut because he was uh, putting out a drum cover uh, video on YouTube for the title track uh, "A Dream in Static," where where you also have like a crazy, amazing uh, vocal guest vocal performance of Daniel Tompkins from Tesseract. Oh, okay. Um, so they're super symphonic, um, cinematic prog metal, and they've been working on their follow-up uh, to that debut album ever since. And um, yeah, great, great band, also amazing composers, and uh, definitely one one of the biggest um, albums to look forward to that hopefully will come out later this year. That brings us, of course, also to your a couple of your projects that you're planning to uh, release some new music with. Uh, first and foremost, yeah. of course, th that's Lonely Robot. And um, when this episode will be uh, published, that's going to be on Thursday, uh, the 16th of July. And then one day later, um, there's going to be the new Lonely Robot album called Feelings Are Good. Yeah. And it's the fourth Lonely Robot album. Um, the the three previous were kind of like they they belong together as a trilogy, as the the Lonely Robot trilogy. And I didn't mean it to happen. <laughs> it was kind of a complete accident. The whole thing has been a complete accident. I uh, uh, you know around about 2012, um, I, we did an album. I was in a band called It Bites. Um, I suppose technically I still am in a band called It Bites, but certainly at the time we made an album called Map of the Past. And things didn't go exactly to plan. And I got very disheartened by music. So I didn't make music for a couple of years. And now since 2015, I've been making far too much music. So <laughs> <laughs> I should just calm down a bit and stop making albums. But no, I really enjoyed, you know, when, when you find your stride and doing something like this, you know, I know that it's uh, the fourth album. Uh, well, technically, I see this as a whole new thing. It's like, you know, yeah. um, the new chapter, new chapter. David Bowie stopped doing Ziggy Stardust and he, he's gone on to his Let's Dance phase. So it's kind of that thing, you know. <laughs> uh, and uh, lots of people, are, uh, it's, you know, the thing was, you know, when I spoke to the label, I kind of said, um, 
why don't we just call this John Mitchell? And then no one's expecting to see any astronaut stuff or any space business. And he goes, well, we've established, I can't do the accent, but he said in a sort of, if I do the accent, it'll sound like Arnold Schwarzenegger, so I won't do the accent. <laughs> but my best imaginary German accent, he said, well, we've established the brand now. Let's continue making music. And I said, well, I'm not the record company. I'm just the lowly musician. So, yeah, let's keep making music, and you can call it whatever you want. I don't mind. You can call it Peace and a Go if you like. I'm happy as long as I get to make music. So that's that's kind of why it's, you know, it's it's. I mean, you know, people – People uh, can call it whatever they want. At the end of the day, it doesn't really have anything to do. I mean, originally, Lonely Robot was, I suppose, designed as a vehicle for me to sort of do spacey sounding, you know, like film soundtracky kind of metal, rocky kind of ambient, et cetera, et cetera, kind of that kind of thing. And now it's a bit different to that. So if people want to be confused by that, feel free. But <laughs> it's a, at the end of the day, I don't really mind what it's called as long as they get to keep releasing albums and people like them. So there we go. Yeah, but, but that, that was there was an amazing description of the sound of the first uh, three Lonely Robot albums, if there ever was one. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I don't know. It's um, you, how do you, Everybody wants to compare something to some something else, don't they? Yeah. People feel very discomfortable if you, can't, if you can't draw a parallel between that and something else. I've always thought, well, the, the point of Lonely Robot to begin with was You know, I'm, I've been so much into science fiction over the years and I love a lot of the soundtracks and I love sort of modern, I mean, obviously the modern classical music is, you know, um, largely people associate film soundtracks with sort of uh, the sort of modern, you know, classical music of the day, I suppose, in the broadest term is that that's, you know, our Hans Zimmers have given us the, uh, the most famous movie themes and of course, John Williams, et cetera, et cetera. And I love all that kind of stuff. I've grown up um, loving James Horner, Mm -hmm. and all those guys so i kind of just wanted to take all elements of that and and rock riffs you know because i absolutely love ramstein for some reason um <laughs> and uh well not for some reason it's just unusual people find that odd that i would like ramstein but i do i kind of i find them quite amusing in a sort of cartoonish way so i kind of want to fuse elements of, of like rock riffs and um And yeah, and, and film soundtracks and a sort of uh, you know kind of very zen space metaphor running through the whole thing um, and that's decided to shoot all that and get rid of it and, and throw it in the sea and do something a bit different. To to conclude the talking about the what Lonely Robot has been for the first three albums, I wanted to ask you about the movie, the, the animated movie thing uh, that you released not too long ago for the last album, Under Stars. How did that come about? And um, Because I thought it was kind of, yeah, it, it was a worthy um climax so to speak for this chapter um to to well that was kind of the point of it no i mean i i really wanted to to draw a line under the under the space side of things and when we you know every time i've done an album um like the first album i did a little mini acoustic gig um at the lexington in london and various members of the press and friends and family and um, and the people that played on the album kind of turned up and it was a really fun evening. And the second album, um, I think I did a gig to launch it at Sub 89 in Reading, which is where I'm from. And that was great success. It was a sold out gig and it was really, you know, it was a brilliant evening. And for the third one, uh, uh, a chap at the label said, why don't we, uh, you know, this sounds really good. Why don't we uh, release this at a cinema? And, you know, because cinemas famously have brilliant sound systems, don't they? You know, and you, everything sounds really expensive and amazing <laughs> in cinemas. And I said, yeah, that's a great idea. 
what's going to be on the screen? And he said, well, it's going to be a static image. And I thought, well, hang on a minute. <laughs> hold, on, hold on a hold on a minute here. <clears throat> we need a film. Let's make a film to go on the screen. Because I thought, you know, he said, well, when we had Steve Hackett doing this, he played the album. There was just a big picture of the album cover. And I'm like, well, I don't want that. I, I want to I go one better. So we made this little mini film just to go along. You know, at the end of the day, I really didn't have a lot of time to uh, to be in any videos at the time. And I spoke to Miles, the chap that does the videos. Uh, he does a lot of um, videos for various different bands. And uh, I said, you know, he loves uh, animation and sort of computer-generated CGI FX and all that. And I said, look, I really haven't got time. Well, no. Uh, you know, I didn't. I I wanted to take because uh, I mean, obviously doing videos and filming them is, is quite time consuming. And I just remember being quite busy doing other things at the time. I said, so can you make various videos just featuring kind of CGI people and astronauts and stuff, and just make it look as cool as possible, <laughs> and so that I don't have to be in it and you know pretending to know what I know what the words are to my own music. Clearly, I'm far too busy to learn my own words. And he said, no problem. And then I said. Why don't we do the whole album? And of course, you know, he got very excited because he loves, uh, you know, he loves working. He loves the, the thing that he does for a living. And he loved the idea of, of some of his work being shown at a major London cinema. So, you know, his ego got the better of him. And before we know it, we've got an entire film to go alongside the whole album, and which was an incredible thing. And I never I thought, you know, I never thought anybody would go for it. And I, to this day, I have no idea how much he got paid. But I think it was more of a labor than love, labor of love than anything. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So we kind of, yeah, we launched it at a cinema and we had a Q and a, and, um, we had a guy from, cause it was a bit, you know, spacey. We had, a, um, Alex Milas, who's a friend of mine sort of asked me about, you know, all the, all, cause there's various bits on the first three Lonely Robot albums with references to sci-fi films, sort of little nods towards certain musical themes. And we had a Q and a about that. And then a guy from the ESA came up and, and talked about space for a bit. Um, and yeah, it was a really great evening. And then we did it again at another cinema, which was even more fun. So, uh, yeah. And then about, you know, obviously this, uh, this whole COVID thing started happening and, uh, and everybody else was like film, filming themselves in their kitchen with acoustic guitars. And I thought, I don't want to do that. I want my film online. <laughs> so yeah. And I convinced the guys at inside out to just put it online because no, you know, obviously yeah, being shown at two cinemas, you know, twice, you, you know, a couple of hundred people probably. But, you know, I thought it, was, it would be nice if everybody saw the whole thing. And that's why we put it online, you know, to entertain the troops during lockdown. <laughs> I certainly uh, enjoyed it very much. Good. Um, yeah, moving on to the new album, uh, finally, Feelings Are Good. Uh, what was different uh, to uh, the writing and recording process um comparing to compared to the previous albums well i mean i'll start with the, the recording process basically um the sound of the first three lonely robot albums i suppose is fairly similar in that you know i uh use a lot of the same instrumentation and, and some of the same sounds i think um i used a program called omnisphere Uh, which to all the uh, the keyboard people out there will recognize as being a sort of very sort of ambient synthy kind of VSTI, virtual instrument. So I used that quite a lot on the first three Lonely Robot albums. Um, this time round, I basically deleted everything off my hard drive, uh, formatted my hard drive, in fact, and started again. So I would never, you know, I and um, I think uh, 
I just the the, the, the software. I, I I had a deal with a company called uh, not a deal, rather an endorsement with a company called Arturia, and they make uh, virtual instruments. And they they sent me this thing called Analog Lab, which is really cool, kind of retro synth mm-hmm. bundle. So you get all the completely different sounds I've never used before. And so I just didn't want to use any of the same keyboard sounds that I'd used on the, on the first album at all. And uh, so, yeah, that was great. And there's a lot more sort of, I suppose, vintage sounding keyboards on this than there have been in the, in, in the previous. This is less, less ethereal and more quirky in, in terms of some of the keyboard sounds. You know, I grew up listening to bands like The Cars and Mr. Mister and, and sort of uh, a, a new wave music. So I wanted to sort of channel a bit of that in this album so you know i use quite a lot of those kind of sounds and the drums sound completely different as well on this album uh, on the first three albums they sound quite heavy metal and then this a bit more real sounding do you know what i mean so we approach that differently it's a you know it's just a bit more sort of not lo-fi sounding album but just a bit more sort of a bit bit less sheeny and metally you know so i was kind of happy to go down that road and in terms of the songwriting well, you know, I write the music that I write, and I kind of I do I do have a kind of distinctive style. But this time, I wasn't singing about you know, our human beings from planet Earth, or we all you know. It was all about, it was more about you know. Well, this happened to me when I was twelve, and I hated that woman. It's more sort of <laughs> <laughs> it's more kind of down to earth, and uh, you know, and, and sort of channeling my sort of you know, uh, in a public in in that angry public school person. Uh, we already uh, we already had the um, opportunity to to like every everyone had the opportunity to listen to uh, two singles so far. Life is a sine wave was the first, and then spiders. Um, are they gonna? Uh, is is there gonna be a, a third single before release, or that's? Well, funny enough, I was talking about this this morning. Um, whilst it's obviously been very difficult to do anything, um, you know, do normal things like shoot normal videos um, during lockdown. Uh, uh, we basically, um, I kind of used my studio to do just to, to, to film some sort of, uh, you know, footage of myself attempting to sing or be creepy in front of a camera. And we did it for two videos. And the next video we're hopefully going to do if, um, if miles isn't sick of me by the time this comes around, um, I keep ringing him every day, making sure that he, you know, he's, uh, he's got so many things on that he, uh, you know, he, he's, I think, uh, he overstretches himself a little bit, but. I'm, uh, I've certainly set my attack dogs on him this morning and hopefully all being well, uh, keeping people as pets will be the next song to be released prior to the album coming out. And I suppose what's the date today? It is. Yes, it's the eighth and the album comes out on the 17th. So the clock is ticking miles. And if you listen to this, I'm watching you. <laughs> Funny, funnily enough, I, I had the album for two days now and I uh, was able to listen to it like uh, two or three times. And that was the one song that kind of stood stood out from the first spin for me keep, keeping people as pets oh really uh, yeah <laughs> uh, yeah i mean it's 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 kind of funny actually because the way you, you sometimes write music i remember like i said i installed this arturia uh, vintage synth bundle onto my computer and i loaded one of the instruments and i just pressed one key And that amazing sound came out. I thought, right, I'm going to write a song around it. So the whole thing was just based around me pressing one button, which is kind of how Pink Floyd did their, uh, you know, that thing, what is it, on the run, where Roger Waters basically, no, he presses a button, then twists a knob, and that's the whole song. So there we go. Thank you, Roger, for inspiring me. Is it one of these days? One of these days, is it? Yeah. 
you know, is it the one on Dark Side? You know, where it kind of modulates and it's got the hi hat band. Ah, uh. is it on? I'm getting confused. You're you're the progspert. <laughs> <laughs> the progspert. Okay. <laughs> uh, I'll have to think about that one. Um, yeah, great. I mean, um, feelings are good is coming very soon on the 17th of uh, June. That rhyme. That rhyme. July. July. <laughs> uh, July. The, I'm I'm con I'm confused with the with the months since months. Uh, Since the lockdown, <laughs> time is meaningless. Tea time, more so. <laughs> I think Douglas Adams once said or something. <laughs> But um, yeah, looking further down the um, the calendar of the year, there's still um, some live dates uh, in December announced and still in the air, or or do you, or are they? cancelled already i don't know i've got my i've got my finger above the nukes so it could go either way no i don't know okay. um i'd be honest with you i mean i think that the likelihood of anybody doing any concerts this year is very slim i had these um these gigs have been rearranged and and this all happened before the covid thing um i was supposed to be going on tour in october with it with, with with arena that's not happening now that's been put back a year i'll be very surprised if they do go ahead um Obviously, uh, the, the 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 social distancing. I mean, it's a ridiculous thing, really, isn't it? How can you go to a gig and stay two meters? Well, actually, it's a prog gig, so it is probably quite possible to stand two meters away from anybody. Because uh, <laughs> prog is kind of a niche market, isn't it? Unless you're Stephen Wilson, it's a bit difficult to uh, to make it look like a Ramstein concert. But That's no, true. and I don't have any fans, so it's probably not too easy to do a socially distanced concert for me. But nonetheless. Um, in December, it, I'd like to think it could happen. Um, we've got the little sticker on the front of the album, and uh, it says where the dates are. So, with all the best will in the world, we we'll just have to see what happens, uh, see how it looks at kind of October time. And if it looks like it's going to happen, then hurrah! And if not, I will. I don't know. I'm not. You know, I'll just go and have Christmas instead. <laughs> yeah, you, you you just mentioned already the postponed uh, arena tour. Um, mm -hmm. And the album for that tour, Theory of Molecular Inheritance, is already announced as well. And is it? Yeah. Um, is that what it's called? I didn't even know that's what it's called. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> so I think it was, uh, it was Clive Nolan's birthday two days ago or something like that. I do know that it was his birthday because I did wish him a happy birthday on the actual day. I wasn't late. I was on time for once. So I know it's his birthday. I didn't know that's what the album was called, though. So now I know something. Um, but, uh, and, and yeah, in the, in the birthday posts on the arena Facebook page, I saw that, yeah, the, the album is ready to record and everything. Uh, but obviously if you didn't even know the name, you probably don't know if the album was, is gonna be pushed back for next year as well. well. I, I, I know that I've contributed some guitar riffs to the album and I did some work with uh, Mick Pointer at the start of the year towards that end. I just don't know the big concepts and, and all, all that. I don't know. I never know what's what the what the big uh, the vibe is behind. You know, I'm 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 uh, I'm merely a passenger on the good ship arena. Uh, it's, it's Clive Clive Nolan's baby, so he kind of has more of the intel. You know, he, he, you know, you find out all these highfalutin uh, ideas afterwards about what it's all about and that. Uh, so I didn't know that it, that's the album title because no one's told me. But now that <laughs> theory of what the 
Molecular what? M- molecular inheritance. Oh wow, <laughs> that's a that's a mouthful right there. <laughs> Feelings are good. See, it's much snappier title. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, but uh, yeah, so there's there's going to be at some point more music with your involvement coming up uh, from the arena camp as well. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, 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 you know I've, um, the guys in arena are like family to me. I've known them my entire adult life. I, I joined arena when I was about 22 years old. I lied my way to get into the band. I was told that management, the minimum age requirement was 25 and the minimum height requirement was six foot and I didn't fit either category. So I lied on both counts to get into the band. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I've been in that band ever since. And, you know, it, it, it's a very different style of music to the sort of style of music that I would probably listen to. It's quite gothic and quite doomy and, you know, and there's lots of church organ and it's very grandiose and it's quite creepy in places. Um, uh, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's very much a, a sort of a product of, of, of Clive's imagination Uh, I've, I've known the guy a long time. I love playing guitar. We've always, had, you know, I love going on tour with those guys, uh, and it's been a, it's been a massive part of my life. Um, so yeah, but I, I'm not the main writer in Arena, and um, that's kind of Clive and Mick's department. So the way Arena writes music is everybody uh, writes riffs and, and comes up with little ideas and little segments of music, and you throw it all into a big uh, musical dustbin or cement mixer and Clive gives it a good spin and then glues it all together. And that's, that's, and then he writes the lyrics and then et cetera, et cetera. Um, I do know that we have a photo shoot tomorrow, presumably a socially distanced photo shoot. And, uh, so that's, I, I'm aware of that. So now I've, I know we've got a photo shoot and I now know what the album's called. So I'm winning at life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. W- one step at a time, right? Yeah, not too much. Don't give me too much information. It might blow my mind. Uh, well, I I would like to to hear a little bit more information from from your side. I mean, there's there's even more different musical projects you're involved in, as you already teased at the very beginning of this episode. Um, so I, always, I love the I love the use of the word project because whenever you say project, I think of a man making a nice oak table in his, in, in his, in his shed. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Okay. yeah. Um, uh, Lonely Robot is not a project. It's a lifestyle. Um, uh, my oak table that I am making, that's a project. But uh, no, certainly in terms of the other things that I'm involved in, um, yeah, I've, uh, I'm, we're in the middle of doing – I've got too much on, too many bands, as I said, in, in my snappy ident. Um, I'm also uh, – last year we started writing another Frost album, And and yeah. in January we we actually started by hiring a, a um a, an old converted barn in Cornwall, so we wrote uh, five songs in six days, um, the basic ideas for five songs in in six days, and then in January um, we hired a Coast Guard lookout tower in the most southerly point in England, which is next to a nuclear power station. We spent a week there. Oh yeah. Uh, writing some very bleak depressing music which i'm very excited about and uh, yeah we started we've um we've started recording it um i've put some guitars down on some of the songs and hopefully that's going to be out next year so that's another thing if if you like what i do that's another thing i suppose to look forward to and it's uh, you know again it's largely gems baby but it's always um you know the way that he writes music is sort of more in in tune with the way that i suppose i write music so it's the collaborative mm-hmm. the collaborative process is um 
It's very enjoyable for us to, and we have such a laugh doing it. So even if we don't get any music written, at least we've had a good old chuckle. <laughs> awesome. But there, there has been already a release from the Frost Camp this year. Uh, that was the Others EP. But uh, as far as I understood, those were kind of more or less leftover tracks from the Falling Satellites yeah. uh, sessions. Yeah. They're, they're kind of they're, they're kind of things that Jem finished off on his own. Um, it, you know, they're kind of I've I've heard it. It's 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 very Jem. It's very over the top. It's very Frost. Um, I can't personally say that I was particularly involved in that in any way. In fact, I wasn't involved in it at all. But you know, nonetheless, it, it was kind of like a stopgap thing before we do the next album, the next proper album, as it were. But yeah, they're kind of um, ideas left over from Falling Satellites. Uh, and, uh, you know, it, it, it makes for, for some very interesting listening as far as Exhibit A is a particularly uh, brilliant song. And I, um, you know, I love Gemini's writing and that is uh, is a fantastic example of that. It, 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 it kind of uh, got me on the on the wrong foot a little bit with a, like really abrasive uh, keyboard sounds. And it was like. Uh, uh, not an easy listening experience. <laughs> Which... No, no. If you, if you wanted easy listening, man, you should be listening to Sinatra or Michael Bublé. Not this. <laughs> um, yeah, you you already uh, also mentioned uh, it bites. Is there anything uh, on on this band that that is going on? I think I read something about some re-releases or anything. Uh, but yeah, I mean, we uh, it, there's been talk of of us doing something for years and years and years. And basically, like I said, in 2012, we we sort of came to a bit of an end. We we, we kind of we didn't come to an end. I just didn't want to do anymore because it was nothing to do with any of the guys in the band. It, it was like a, there was a third party that was involved in the band that was making some very bad decisions on our behalf, of which I wasn't involved. And I kind of I felt quite demoralized about the idea of being in a band. You know, you know, when you're you're a kid and you're in a band, you kind of think about it as a democracy, and you kind of you know. When you're the guy that's right, you know, largely the guy responsible for writing the songs and, you know, somebody else in the background is is, is kind of is sucking your will to live. <laughs> oh, <wow>. <laughs> you <laughs> kind of think, I don't want to do this anymore. But that's nothing to do with the guys in the band. You know, we've talked it out millions of times. Um, uh, Bob and I, you know, we've known each other a long time. And, you know, it, you know, we've got some very different ideas about things in life generally. But, you know, I've always respected the guy. He's, you know, he's, he's, a, he's a great drummer. He's a great musician. He's a very funny guy. And John Beck, as I say, you know, I've, I've written some of my, what I think, uh, you know, had the most fun times in the studio writing. So to be perfectly honest with you, uh, it's probably taken me to go absolutely megalomaniacal and write all this music on my own and to realize I actually do really enjoy collaborating with other people. I think you have to go through the process of self-discovery, as it were. I've been in bands all my life, and uh, there's so much diplomacy and uh, politics involved with being in bands, it's quite exhausting. But it's also pretty exhausting just sitting in a room, writing music on your own with no one to talk to and going slightly mad like Robinson Crusoe. Um, <laughs> so I've kind of come around to the idea that, yeah, we probably, well, not probably, we are doing another It Bites album, because I've signed a contract. And somebody paid me some money. So now I have to do it, even if I don't want to do it. Unless, of course, I run away and jump on a ship and escape, uh, you know, the legal department of Inside Out, which is very unlikely because <laughs> I can't be. So, yeah, we are doing a new album. And we are releasing Tall Ships on vinyl for the first time because 
Yeah, that was that was the one I saw. Inside Out started doing vinyl around exactly around the same time that we did Map of the Past because it became hit to buy vinyl again. Yeah, that that album Map of the Past is um, yeah still one of one of my favorites. Um, And actually, with that album, I kind of when I looked at it again now preparing this interview, kind of yeah discovered that there's this uh, funny little exit song at the end and you seem to like doing that in a lot of albums that you write including the lonely robot albums yeah. <laughs> massive 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 musical cliche i do the same thing every time no I, i like you know some people you know a lot of prog bands i tell you something right a lot of prog bands i've noticed start the album with a very low string don't they and then some atmosphere creeps in in fact I reckon over 150,000 prog bands have released albums that start with a low string noise. And I don't like that. I mean, um, <laughs> this album I started with a vocoder. Previous album I started with a Blade Runner. We started, I, think. I, I like the idea of winding an album down generally. You know, it's like peaks and troughs. I suppose I'm trying to think what the other albums I've ever done have ended like. Um, I can't really remember. But yeah, it is a thing. I quite, I quite, um, I quite like ending albums in a low-key fashion. And I think it probably started with that. Um, and uh, yeah, I can't get out of the, the, the rut that I've created for myself in starting an album quietly and ending an album quietly. I mean, now you've brought it to my attention and you've figured me out. I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna end the next album, whatever it is, presumably the It Bites album, with a death metal song, just to prove you wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I have uh, one more um a recommendation for you in that department and that is a Greek prog rock band called Verbal Delirium and okay. a couple of uh, years ago they had an album called um, The Imprisoned Words of Fear and wow. the last song on the album is also quite like eight or ten minutes and it's like um, very very uh, dark low-key synth um stuff and then suddenly blast beats and that's so brilliant this song um yeah now that now that you say that that you you, you uh might want to have a listen and take some inspiration from there okay and called, remind me what they're called they're called verbal delirium verbal delirium and the song is called in memory of nothing i think in memory of nothing well you are the prog spurt <laughs> i shall listen with haste in due course <laughs> Um, I'm going to put all those uh, songs uh, we mentioned, like from the What's in Our Walkman's section into a um, Spotify playlist. And okay. I, I would also love to uh, put some of your own favorites uh, from your discography, from your own discography in there. Um, okay. p- particularly, uh, of course, uh, from the Lonely Robot albums. And of course, I'm going to start the playlist with the new singles for Feelings Are Good with Spiders and Life is a Sine Wave, as this interview is, of course, mainly uh, to uh, focus on the new release from um, Lonely Robots. But um, yeah, you, you can feel free to um, also add some some arena it bites frost kino whatever you want in okay. there if you if you want just just give me a couple of uh, like i don't know uh yeah five to ten songs you can you can write them you can have, have um yeah think about I'll, them and then write I'll smell. yeah uh, i'll say yeah. 
I'll, I'll put it all into written word. I'll put a big wax seal on it and I'll post it to you. <laughs> yeah, hopefully that uh, will uh, uh, will be fast enough to uh, to well, include it in the in the playlist for next week. <laughs> describe this as what's on your Walkman. I thought, man, if we're going to go back to 1980s and the Walkman, I'm taking it back to the 1700s with my wax scroll. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I would certainly love to have a letter from John Mitchell with a wax. A uh, seal, uh, like I, I, w- I would, I would frame it. <laughs> Excellent. All right, then I'll do that. <laughs> we, 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 we'll, we'll put it here on the um, studio wall from the proc cast. <laughs> cool. Um, yeah. All right. I think that was that was a really fun chat, and we we had uh, lots of cool insights into your, um, yeah, in, into what you're up to musically. <laughs> oh. Yeah, lots of far too much. Well, all the better for us. <laughs> <laughs> I need a holiday, but actually I don't because, like I said, since this uh, lockdown started, I've just basically been lying in a hammock and reading books. So uh, you know, I've I've uh, I've I finally uh, given my given my brain a rest. And the funny thing about these albums is, of course, you you um I finished recording this album in January. And it's taken until July for it to get released, so I've forgotten all about it. I'm just thinking about what the next one's going to sound like, you know. <laughs> yeah, now now that you have to write the It Bites album, it's probably good yeah, that you. Yeah, there's a guy here with a contract and a gun, so if I don't get started <laughs> soon, there's going to be trouble. <laughs> <laughs> all right, John, thank you so much for um, joining us today for the podcast. Um, I had I had a great time. Uh, wishing you all the best with. The release for feelings are good and yeah hope to see you um with with any other release in the future and hopefully also in the future maybe next year um on stage again hopefully that will be the case all things depending brilliant thank you very much as always take care of yourselves take care of your loved ones and listen to great music The broadcast is a production of Stuus Media and is recorded at the Moonbase Studios in Munich. It is produced by Randy M. Salo, Janine Stengel-Lewis, Blake Lewis, Kai Metzner, and Dario Albrecht. Our theme music is by This Is Not An Elephant.